guys welcome back to another weird wednesday i'm ashers and this is pedo and also tobias whalen you hear that guys we have another guest this week we've really got we've had a lot of really great guests lately this has been really um this has been a lot of fun tobias how are you i'm doing great thanks thanks for having me of course absolutely no we're really excited um what's really funny is that um this was completely by accident so uh, the podcast um is is now celebrating its one year anniversary and it, it came out last march on the 26th and it debuted of course with the um uh with the with an episode about the mothman and i hear you know a little bit about the mothman i'm not sure you know i i wouldn't say that i know anything anything about the, the, uh, mothman i i don't think it, anybody does but uh you know i i have some ideas sure uh, sure <laughs> i've seen you in a movie about the mothman i actually just watched that me and my kid watched that yesterday oh wow tearing the skies yeah, yeah that was nice. pretty good oh thank You're, you you definitely seemed like the most uh, reasonable person without a crazy beard or a cowboy hat. <laughs> I've been working on getting both, so. <laughs> He'll be there soon enough. It's just part of it. One day it just grows uh, in the full moon. Sure, is that when you become a full-blown cryptozoologist? When you can't you... call yourself one, yeah. It's when the cowboy hat comes in the mail. Yeah, it's it's in the, the, the terms of agreement. It's, it's right there. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, basically. I, I'm waiting on mine still. Um, but so anyway, before we get into um, all that, Tobias is going to tell us some really fun, fun stories. But before we get there, um, more big news about the uh, the UAP disclosure happening. Um, I'm not sure. Pat, you saw this, right? Yeah, I read the news. Now, uh, Tobias, do you know anything about what, what happened this week and what was told to the press about the UAPs? Uh, are you referring to former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, talking to Fox News? Yes, correct. Then, yes, I, I just <laughs> published an, an article uh, this evening, actually, to the, the Singular 40 and Society. Yeah, it's uh, it's very it's very interesting stuff. You know, this has kind of been... Um, this has been like a really slow, I mean, they're very slowly pulling that Band-Aid off, aren't they? It's really strange, isn't it? So what's going on is that um, what he went on Fox News and he was talking about, um, you know, different things that, that the government has. And it's, this has kind of been like, um, there's kind of been like a countdown going on because there was uh, something signed into the um, COVID relief bill back in December that said that they wanted us to decline documents um regarding well now they call them uaps i don't know why they changed that but fine um and you know everybody's kind of waiting on it and um you know he comes on fox news and he tells everybody that you know of course we've got you know we've got debris we've got evidence to show that these things you know can can move uh you know quickly without the sonic boom happening so they're you know they're obviously more advanced because you know they got rid of sonic boom i don't know um i'm not too I mean, yes, I'm a little excited. Of course, I'm a little excited. I mean, ever since I was a little girl, I wanted the government to acknowledge this. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm I'm not silly enough to think that, you know, we're going to get a press conference where there's several intergalactic species saying, hey, look, we're here, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. Pat, what do you think about it? It, it feels like they're rebooting the UFO phenomenon. It feels like like they're casting a new Batman 
or something. You know what I mean? Like they have a new, they have the new slogan. They have the new lingo, right? They're rebranding the phenomenon. Um, It's definitely taking it back to the origin story. We're not talking about beings. We're talking about crafts. We're just talking about, uh, you know, you have like craft footage and stuff like that. There's been no discussion of who's piloting them or intelligences or abductions or anything like that. Mm -hmm. We're just basically going back to the bare basics, which is lights in the sky. Um, And it's weird, man. I don't know. I I know we've kind of, every time this something in the news happens, which is probably like every month or two, uh, I feel like we have this discussion, but yeah, it just, it it just feels like a rebranding of something that they're, that they're trying to like, just, drag it back out and, 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 and do this whole thing again. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. Like they're like, like, like they're making a, you know, like they're rebooting a movie series or something. Yeah. Yeah. I could, yeah. I mean, I could definitely, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. It is kind of a new, like a fresh take on, uh, on, on aliens and extraterrestrials and things like that. Tobias, what do you think? I know you said you, you just put out an article on it. Um, so what, uh, what are your thoughts? Sure. Well, I, you know, this has been, a long frustrating few years i think for mm-hmm. people waiting for uh government ufo disclosure and you know yeah. i kind of like uh what what pat said i mean it, it really sort of feels like they're not i mean nobody's treading on on any new territory here um right this is a a, a government uh admission if if it even really is that because you'll notice like when you have people who will actually come out and, and talk about it, you know, like uh, uh, former director Ratcliffe or, or, uh, you know, like Senator Rubio, uh, uh, people like that involved with, with government, they'll come out and, and they'll say, well, yeah, something is probably happening. We don't know what it is, but it could be like a, a, a foreign threat or, or something. Yeah. Um, and so it's, um, it's just very unsatisfying. Uh, and I, I think, you know, if, if I was a conspiratorial kind of yeah. person, you know, I would suspect that, that this was just some sort of government obfuscation or distraction. Um, and, and, and we'll probably never see anything really come out of it, but the optimistic side of me wants to believe that you know maybe something interesting can be learned here but uh at at this point um i just don't know i i guess i'll have to wait and see you know just uh along with uh everybody else is i'm not i'm not i'm sorry i'm not totally up to date on all the uh all the people from washington that have kind of broken rank and talked about this but and this isn't getting overtly political but does there seem to be a strong republican bent to it boy you know and i i was just thinking about that um yeah well that kind of fits in with coast to coast if you listen to coast to coast it it runs the game and i mean you should also I'm assuming anyone that listens to this podcast knows what the fuck Coast Coast is, but like, <laughs> you know, it, they they do kind of have. Uh, if you look at their listenership, I mean, they do kind of have the survivalism bent. They do kind of have. It's not super like Unabomber right wing, but you know, I guess there's kind of there just has that feel to it now that it's coming from the military. You mentioned Mark Rubio, who was um, obviously a Republican candidate for president. But um, 
I just, it's just so weird the way that it's being framed now. And what you said about uh, it being like a, a distraction or, um, you know, it, that one could argue that it might be some kind of distraction. I almost wonder if it's going to um, lead to the admission of some kind of secret space program that other countries might have. And that that and that because now we have this new form, new branch of the military that's starting. And, um, you know, uh, people for a long time have said that, well, not, you know, like conspiracy people, but uh, that the, what you what are kind of reported as UFOs aren't necessarily otherworldly craft. It could be based on that technology. But what you're seeing is like the test flights of stuff for a secret space program. You know what I mean? Um so maybe that's how we're getting into that conversation of more off-world uh, trafficking or, or politics or whatever. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, it. I guess it seems as, as likely as anything to me, uh, just because, again, they. it seems like they have taken some care to frame this in such a way that it doesn't have to be aliens like it, it, it doesn't have to be the thing everybody wants it to 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 be you know most people i think interested in in ufos at, at least arguably um you know are, are sitting there with their fingers crossed hoping it's finally extraterrestrials but um it really does feel like everybody who has sort of come out and talked about this officially has really taken a lot of care to to make sure that they keep the framing right so it could be a lot of things. Um, I mean, I as honestly, as far as I know, this is just another excuse to bomb the Middle East or something. You know, it, yeah. it, it could be it, you know, because they, they, they keep talking about, oh, well, what if it's a foreign power? What if one of our adversaries has something that that we just don't know about? Well, that's a really good excuse to increase the military budget, I guess, uh, yeah. if you get people believing it. So, I mean, may, may, maybe that's it. You know, obviously, that would be a huge bummer. But, um, it, you know, you, you just never know with these guys. Well, that's, that's interesting that you said this could be a new excuse to increase the military budget. I mean, we, we just created the Space Force. You know, I mean, I'm sure that wasn't done for free. I know they're kind of like co-opting a lot of the Air Force's resources for it. But still, I mean... Those unif- no one just like made those donated those uniforms like you know the shit costs money, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, a lot of people have always said that uh, you know I mean the ultimate false flag would just be a, a fake alien invasion or something, you know when you go back to uh, Reagan's speech at the UN about how you know in the, at the height of the Cold War when he was talking about Russia and and the United States and we would all lay down our arms and join together as one if we were ever threatened by an alien force. And a lot of people when, when that happened was like, we're like, Oh my God, that's some kind of like sideways admission of there being an alien presence. And then a lot of people were said, no, he just telegraphed the ultimate, like, you know, something out of the new world order playbook, you know, that like, this is how they're going to do it. You know, look at Watchmen, the comic book. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's the squid monster, you know, and stuff like that. So like, um, I don't know. It just, it, it seems so on the nose like that 
the way this information is coming out and the fact that it was put in the COVID bill and the fact that like you have high ranking officials from the Navy and people just like openly talking about this all of a sudden, these people don't break rank and snitch on each other for no reason. They don't just go out and say shit. You know, it, it feels to me like this is, this is orchestrated and this is definitely leading towards something. And the more and more I hear people, like even just when you're driving around listening to the radio and you hear people talking about it in the morning news and they say, oh, yeah, I think they're, you know, who knows, we could be getting closer. It's like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like that to me. It feels like something weird. It feels like they're, like I said, a reboot of the, the UFO phenomenon and, and all that. Yeah, I think yeah, there's I mean, definitely yeah. one of the context clues, you know, kind of involved with this. And it's just it, it just goes to show that with things like this, uh, there's a lot. It, it's still very subjective. And that's terrible because <laughs> it feels like they're telling on themselves. Right. But they're not really. You right. know, and so it's it, it is it, it's very um, I don't know. It's just a very strange it, this past uh, these past couple of years have been very odd. <laughs> I, honestly, the. The one thing that I, I kind of look to for for at least some optimism is the the number of uh, um, you know like like Navy pilots or or military personnel uh, who have been willing to come out and talk about their own experiences with with these yes. w- like with these whatever they are this this you know. Uh, uh, what do they call it now? Unidentified aerial phenomena. Yeah, the UAPs. Uh, yeah. It's always going to be UFOs for me. By the way, I just right. I can't I can't get with UAP. But it anyway, like the 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 number of just relatively uh, you know, normal people, frankly, you know these the, the the rank and file military personnel who have come forward and said, no, I saw this, I witnessed this with my own eyes. It was real, real weird. It was nothing that that we have or could have. Uh, yeah. You know, that that to me is is the one thing in in, you know, in in the face of all of the possible government uh, deception that we have sort of just become so accustomed to uh, that that really stands out is like, OK, well, yeah, but but maybe like maybe it's something really, really strange. Maybe it's paranormal. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, and, you know, especially when you're you know, when you're in this type of business, I mean, you always you always want to believe it, right? I mean, you always have oh, yeah. that glimmer of hope. And um, and I think that that's, you know, definitely what's going on, you know, here with a lot of us. And we're just kind of, we're just waiting. We're just waiting to see what happens. And, you know, who knows? Maybe tomorrow we'll wake up and they'll be like, oh, we just released all of this. And I mean, it's, it's more homework for me to do, but I mean, I'm definitely going to read it all. <laughs> I don't know. I grew up being an X-Files fan that actually watched the X-Files and it didn't make me want aliens to be real. <laughs> you know what i mean you know what i mean right. like yeah. did it you actually watch the movies like it's not it, it doesn't always work out in our favor um not that i i'm it's something that i lose sleep over uh anymore but yeah <laughs> i'm not necessarily uh you know i'm okay with it not being real and i'm okay with us just testing you know like it'd be test pilot stuff or, or or whatever advanced aircraft that we don't want to admit to or something yeah sure well um you know speaking of a of a possible extraterrestrial life um you know guys we have we have Tobias here for a reason he's actually um you know does these some some of these things right I mean (laughs) so Tobias do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and um you know what you do and and all that good stuff sure so 
Uh, I am the head writer and editor and lead investigator for the Singular Fortean Society. And a little bit about the Singular Fortean Society. My wife, Emily, and I started that back in 2016, but it's really only existed in in the form that it does now since probably January of 2017. Mm -hmm. And uh, for people who who aren't familiar, because really the most common question I, I think that we get is, you know, 40 and like, what, what is that? Um, yes. And so for anybody who, who doesn't know, uh, the word Fortean comes from, uh, it's somebody's name. It's from Charles Fort, who was an mm-hmm. early 20th century uh, collector of weird news stories. And, and so what he would do is he would collect all of these weird stories from all over the world and he would put them together in these huge collections and he would sort of speculate on the, the nature of, of these phenomena. Um, often very tongue in cheek. He was a very entertaining writer, uh, but he also had some some very interesting speculations, like like some some very insightful stuff. And one one of the things that he did was uh, sort of present the idea of uh, investigating these these seemingly disparate phenomena holistically. You know, he has one of his uh, his most famous quotes being, uh, "One measures a circle beginning anywhere." So sort of by looking at or examining any, uh, any uh, strange phenomena, be it UFOs or, or, or ghosts or, uh, you know, cryptids, whatever, uh, we can gain a better understanding of all of it because there, there are mm-hmm. seemingly these, these weird uh, connections. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort mm-hmm. of the uh, approach that, that Emily and, and I have always taken. You know, we don't really specialize in any one area. Uh, we have collected and investigated, you know, everything from uh, UFOs to Bigfoot to Mothman to uh, haunted houses, um, just you name it, really. And, um, you know, it, interestingly enough, that that has, as often as not, uh, proven to, to show some some weird uh, parallels. Yes. Um, yeah. And so sort of what, what we like to do, obviously, is... Uh, uh, investigation you know as as people have have come to to know it in this field but uh, we also uh, write news articles um, go to conferences uh, uh, you know, we even have a, a paranormal art portal that that Emily started I mean she's an, an artist herself and so uh, we do some sort of uh, community outreach like that really because I, I I guess that's where the the word society comes in is that we always pictured this as being something bigger than, than, than just us. Right. Like we, we could have named it uh, Tobias and Emily's super fun paranormal show, but (laughs) instead we wanted this, this Fortean society that people could join and be a part of. And, um, and, and in that vein, we, we try to do as, as much uh, cool community stuff and, and include as many people as, as we can. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, boy, that was kind of all over the place, but I think I covered most of it. <laughs> no, that's no, you're totally fine. Um, but you know, I, I'm glad you actually kind of went more into detail about, you know, what 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 Fortean is, um, because you know, it's because as a as a Fortean investigator myself, uh, it's kind of difficult to explain to, um, well, first of all, regular people that aren't into any of this. Um, I have a I have a nine year old, and so I'll go to the you know the parent teacher conference, and I have to tell them what I do, and it's awkward. And, 
and then uh you know just and just my friends and stuff and they're like oh i like ghosts and i'm like it's not it's not it's not just ghosts you know it's not just cryptids it's not just aliens it's it's all of it and um you know something that's kind of been brought to the light for me recently is that i'm very very new to the community and you know come to find out all of these things that i always thought kind of held hands with each other um the people in it really don't right i mean i i'm sure you've experienced people that just <laughs> kind of refuse to you know let go of their beliefs and believe that all of this stuff could work in tandem and it's just isn't it just so bizarre <laughs> it's uh it can be frustrating uh, this this field in particular well and I, I honestly think that uh, that that the paranormal field has this uh, in in common with most creative fields because as um, much as people want to pretend otherwise, uh, this is a creative field, um, and so it sure. can be very competitive. And oh, yeah. and and some and just a lot of people are just terrible, and so yeah, I mean, absolutely, you'll you'll have people with their. Uh, their, their their own personal uh, biases and and they really cling to those and and mm-hmm. they've probably on some level become part of their identity but more than that they've become like part of these people's brand and in a, in a field like this um, that that is creative where uh, you know brand identity is pretty important uh, People see that as as a, a challenge, not probably just to an idea, but, you know, to their career, to their livelihood. And, you know, obviously, I think that's the exact wrong way to go about this, uh, which is why yeah. we didn't. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think from my experience that that is a lot of it um, is just kind of people being shitty because it's a, a creative field. And uh, that's that's. Basically, if you know anybody who's worked in marketing or or just any any artistic field at all, could yeah. pretty much tell you you see an awful lot of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I just you know there was an instance the other day where I was watching two people argue about the Goat Man and about what the Goat Man is, and I'm like, guys, like calling each other names and getting very angry because they didn't believe in each other, and it was just it was. It's like, you know what, why don't we go, why don't we all work towards maybe finding the goat man and classifying it and then we can talk about what it is. (laughs) You know, and I just, I don't, I don't understand that. I mean, there definitely, there are some amazing people in the community and I just personally, I, I, if I, you know, the first, the first side of drama that I see, I'm just, I'm not here for it. I, I'm just, I'm just here to, you know, for the truth. I'm here to expand what we already know and, you know, continue on those topics. You know, will will we find those truths in our lifetime? You know, I don't know, but I'm at least going to try to do that. Um, so, but no, like I said, I'm glad you, you kind of went into a little bit. Um, now, you know, it's funny because, you know, the worlds kind of collide here um, because you are also very, very much known for your um, studies on the Mothman. Yeah, and well, more yeah. specifically, the current Mothman age. <laughs> right, right. You know, um, yeah, it, it really kind of caught us uh, out in left field, frankly. Um, I didn't, when we started, uh, you know, I had, uh, you know, a, a sort of passing interest in the, the, the Mothman phenomenon uh, of, of Point Pleasant. You know, I had sure. uh, more or less enjoyed like Keel's work. Um, yeah, sure. he, again, you know, speaking of very entertaining like writers, he yeah he was he was one of the best but um 
you know, I, I had never really considered that it was something that we would really uh, sink our, our, our teeth into, um, you know, mostly because it was sort of, it felt like it, it, it had been covered. And so with, with nothing new happening, I was like, well, okay, people, people have done that. If, if anything comes up, we can look into it. Um, and then something did, uh, would have been, boy, spring of 2017, uh, there were a, a trio of, uh, sighting reports that, uh, that came through the, uh, mutual UFO network, uh, case mm-hmm. management system. And, uh, you know, MUFON published a short article about them and, you know, I had seen it and I was like, well, I think this would make a, a fun article for our, our readers. I didn't really expect anything to come of it, uh, for a, a couple of reasons. Uh, it didn't seem like they had a lot of information and MUFON is not awesome about, uh, giving people details of their investigations. Uh, they Correct. are very proprietary uh, in, in that regard, which mm-hmm. is very frustrating. And part of the reason that I used to uh, be a field investigator uh, for them and am now not. Um, sure. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I, I had seen that come through, you know, thought it would be cool. Uh, it was certainly interesting. Um, and so I, I just wrote a short article of it for the, the singular Fortean society and I, I literally thought that that would just be it and there wouldn't be anything else to it um and i in the article i related it a little bit to the the mothman sightings in in point pleasant but you know i at, at the time and still you know I, I try to be as objective as possible especially when i'm writing a, a, a news article for the, the, sure. the Fortean society i don't want to put my opinion in there um but uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I related it just a, a little bit for context and that was it. Didn't think we'd hear anything else about it. And um, lo and behold, next thing I know, we've got all of these sighting uh, uh, reports coming in to, uh, well, really at the time, these, these websites that I, I didn't know anything about, I hadn't really heard of. Uh, so Phantoms and Monsters and uh, UFO Clearinghouse. And um so after I had seen several of these sightings, you know, coming through these, these websites, I reached out to the, the uh, guys behind them and, uh, and, and asked them if, if they wouldn't mind being interviewed. And so I met Lon Strickler and, uh, and Manuel Navarrete that way. And uh, they both agreed to be interviewed. Um, you know, they were both very pleasant, professional, forthright. Um, when I, I, I interviewed them that first time, you know, they didn't really have, uh, it seemed, any sort of agenda regarding what they wanted these sightings to be. Uh, it was really more uh, of just a, a, the, the sort of speculation that I, I think we find uh, quite often in this field, which is usually, sure. you know, pretty, pretty harmless. Um, and, uh, and then from there, you know, uh, the, the sighting reports kept coming and, um, you know, I, I was eventually asked, uh, along with Emily to participate in, in the investigation. It, it, you know, it turned out that we actually knew some of the, the same people and, um, yeah. and then next thing, you know, the singular 40 in society, uh, is like, we're getting our own sightings. And, uh, so then we're investigating those and, uh, it really, it just kind of snowballed from there. I'll tell you though, I, I resisted uh, using the actual term Mothman. Like I, I didn't start using the Lake Michigan Mothman until boy, it had to be at least a year into it. I stuck with the much more clunky, like 
either Chicago flying humanoid or or just flying humanoid or or winged creature for so That's long. True. Well, because I didn't want to be seen as uh, as somebody trying to capitalize on a, a relatively well known or or famous. Uh, cryptid just for attention it took that long for me to go okay there's a lot of similarities here and and i can ignore them all i want but that's not going to change anything so i really should just go ahead and and just dive in and and just admit it and start calling it the lake michigan mothman and and just go from there yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, one thing that, um, and maybe I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Um, I just, I just reread your, your book, um, which is um, titled The Lake Michigan Mothman. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, no, I, I just, I reread it, um, you know, for this interview. And, you know, one thing that's always fun about it is seeing um, the the encounters between the time period of the sightings in Point Pleasant and, and the modern sightings in Chicago, you know, a lot of people have this misconception that, you know, when people think of Mothman, the first, the first go-to that they, they, they run to is, you know, Point Pleasant, the Silver Bridge, right? Mm. Um, but what people don't realize is that whatever this thing is, let's call it Mothman, let's call it fly, flying humanoid, whatever, um, it, it's, it's had a pretty steady um, trend of sightings all across the world. I mean, um, you know, for the most part. And so, you know, I think that that probably piques my interest a little bit because, um, I mean, I have a very similar kind of relationship. You know, initially I got into the Mothman because I was just because I was a, a cryptozoological um, enthusiast. I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't even into this. And somebody had asked me to work on a documentary and I did not believe that the Mothman was a thing. Honestly, I thought it was just a, a misidentification of some type of, you know, creature. But the more I dug into it, the more I found out, you know, hey, there might actually be something here. I mean, and, um, you know, I've, I've had to learn all of these, you know, kind of backstories and things. But there's there's a lot that people don't know. Um which is why that's, you know, it, it's really interesting that, you know, you kind of make those those ties to it. So um, I understand the reluctance to work on the uh, the Mothman because I agree. It just seems like a really trendy, even Point Pleasant. I'm sure. Have you been to Point Pleasant? I'm sure you have. No, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. I actually have not. Um, you know, we were going to go what was two years ago and and that kind of fell through. And then. Um, you know, 2020 happened and then, you know, here, well, here we are. Uh, so, you know, if, if they keep having that, that, uh, festival down there and, you know, uh, yeah, God forbid definitely... somebody actually invites us or something, then yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure we would be happy to go. Absolutely. Well, you know, and I think that, you know, it's, they, they definitely have fun with it. You know, if you go, even if you go off season, not even to the festival, I mean, it, there's all kinds of Mothman gimmicks. Um, it's really interesting. When you go and like talk to the townspeople, you definitely get a mixed bag of people that, you know, believe it. And then so-and-so knows that their uncle's sister's cousin saw it one time. And, you know, you get all, you get all kinds. <laughs> um, Point Pleasant is very interesting. You know, I'll say that it's, it's, it's very, very rich with history. Um, so even if you're not going for just the Mothman, uh, there's all kinds of things to check out there. Um, you know, it is a very, um, 
I don't want to say a high energy place, but just a very, it's got, it's got some type of weird feeling to it. And the TNT area is just, is, you know, it's trippy. It's, it can be scary. It's fun. Um, I always advise everybody to go cause it's, it sure is an experience, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you should go. So, you know, getting kind of, um, you know, what kind of, um, veer off of, of the Mothman for a minute. Cause like you said, you, you guys don't, you don't just do that. Um, you know, I know like for me personally, you know, the Mothman has been branded as like my cryptid and it's not even my, he's not even my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I know exactly how you feel. And right. <laughs> I just, you know, I, 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 I love this investigation. It's been and continues to be fascinating and I've yeah. talked to all kinds of, of, of very credible witnesses and we've gone to all these different locations and, and, sure. uh, and investigate it. And, and I wouldn't trade it for anything, but, uh, yeah, I mean, nobody wants to be like the Mothman guy, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I've had fun with it. I've just kind of ran with it. Um, but, but then when I do, you know, I tend to hurt people's feelings when, like I said, I disclose that he's not actually even my favorite one. So I... <laughs> Who okay? Well, but but is, who is your 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 favorite one then? I I mean okay, so Mothman kind of fits into the category. Um, I really like things that can fly, and I like things in the water. Um, but I think Ogopogo is probably my favorite, hands down. Okay, nice. So that, yeah, that's that's the, I think that that's one I really like. I like lake monsters a lot. Um, you know, I think that. I think that we have better chances of things that don't live on the ground than we do for anything else to actually exist. So, um, you know, if they live in water or they're, they have the cap capability of flight, um, I think they're, they can avoid us a lot easier. Mm. Um, you know, but that's just kind of, uh, my thing, but, but what, you know, how did you get into this? To no begin? one's going to ask me my favorite. Oh, I'm sorry, Pat. <laughs> really my favorite either. I mean, it's oh. fine. We'll let the, we'll let the guests go first. <laughs> Oh, no, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I really have one that I, I really stand behind. I'll tell you, as a kid, I think my absolute favorite uh, encounter to read about was the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblins. Okay, yeah. Like that, was, really that, that was just, that was a big deal to me. I didn't think it was, it was scary. I thought that it was awesome, and I totally wish Space Goblins would visit me anytime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We won't shoot you around here, we promise. Oh, totally. <laughs> like, that was just rude. That, that's not how you treat guests. <laughs> yes. Especially if they're so small. I mean, gosh, if they were really that that mean and angry, you could just kick them away. I don't know. You right? know, there's easier ways to do this. They, they overreact. <laughs> What's your favorite? It's the, that's fair to say, honestly. <laughs> Let's go, Pat. Let's hear your favorite. Yeah, what mine's actually somewhat adjacent to that. Um, so when we were in our... our mid-20s and partying a lot one of my friends uh had a friend at school that was south american and she used to call him el pombero and it was like a joke but the pombero is like a um it's like a a, a monster that comes out of the woods and <laughs> and you're supposed to leave it rum and cigars so that it leaves your house alone <laughs> Oh, it kind of sounds like a fae folk. And if it doesn't, it's been known to like sneak in through people's windows and impregnate the women <sighs> and then sneak away. So like this idea of this deity that like knocks chicks up unless you leave it rum and cigarettes. <laughs> and it's 
supposed to be like very hairy and we found pictures of it on like there's like different artist renditions and some of them it has like really large genitalia (laughs) (laughs) so you gotta just google it i'm not gonna i I can't really you gotta you gotta gotta go down that rabbit hole yourself but it's the palm barrow p-o-m-b-r-r-o and uh yeah that was always my favorite because it was one of those but what's crazy is that like um there's tons of YouTube videos of these things, like these little, like, South, I don't know if they're special effect videos or what, but, like, it's one of those cryptids that, like, pops up, like, fairly frequently in South American countries where they have, like, little, like, house elves or things that, like, are supposed to, you always catch, like, them, like, running around in the background or something. Yeah. Um. So, I don't, maybe there's some truth to it, or maybe this is something that they have down there because there's a lot of forest still or something. But, so, in the- uh, in the videos, do they have huge dicks? I mean, no. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> just in the pictures. YouTube. <laughs> yeah, when, when the show comes out, I will definitely tweet some some pictures of, uh, <laughs> of some of the Palm Barrow uh, picture, like artwork and, and stuff. We're going to get some extra weird listeners this week. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, if you have any Palm Barrow stories. Please? Well, th- I did that podcast last week with uh, uh, Life Paranormal B, and she does. Ha- she, I mean, she's got a story about um, a very similar, uh, you know, kind of house guest. So, um, you know, and I, I linked that last week, so you guys can definitely check that out. But um, some people do, you know, some people have those those experiences. Um, I don't know, Tobias, have you had reports of uh, little people living or in people's homes? Or have you seen the movie Cat's Eye? I have seen that movie, <laughs> <laughs> movie Cats. I was that what, what did they call it in in the movie? Was it a troll? Yeah, yeah, something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no. I have I ever knocked a troll into like an oscillating fan? No, I have not. But, you know what always you know what always freaked me out about that movie was the fact that it had like it had like clothes that looked manufactured and it had a little dagger. Which meant that there was some kind of like blacksmith or something where he came from. Like to me, the fact that he wasn't just like naked and dressed in rags with like a toothpick or something. The fact that he had like there was obviously metalworking and wherever he came from that really freaked me out. Right. There's there's a me- whole society. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I've never seen this movie. Maybe I should uh, watch. What? It. It's a it's a it's a collection of Stephen King short stories back in the eighties when they turned everything to us. That Stephen King ever did into a movie, um, and there's 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 that one. That, that's when you talk about cat's eye. Everyone always remembers the troll one. Right. But there's like another one where someone's trying to quit smoking, and um, I forget the third one. But yeah, it's I, I and I don't know if those are from his. I don't know if that was something that he wrote or if they they were from uh, anthologies of his. Because he does that every couple books, he'll put out like a short story anthology. I really like anthologies too. I'm surprised I haven't seen it, but this this is canon to the show. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on this tangent for just a second. Pat's gonna be proud. I watched Rawhead Rex. What? Okay, and yeah, I mean it was it was it was pretty solid. I like how all these movies, like the teenagers, are like obviously like in their thirties. <laughs> so, that was definitely like a point in that movie, but no, it was it was. I mean, it was it was pretty good. That. Uh, the scene with the priest was definitely worth it. Um, and that and that is ingrained in your memory. And now whenever anybody says Rawhead Rex, you will f- immediately think of that part in the movie. Well, what really bothers me is that, like, you know, this this priest gets, you know, pissed on. And then he goes around, like, grabbing on people. And, like, he's, like, you know, grabbing people from behind. And I'm like, ew, this guy's soaked in piss. And it's... <laughs> I don't think he cared at that point. I don't think so either. 
Honestly. Oh, have you seen Rawhide Rex? Oh, I'm a huge Clyde Barker fan. Totally. Okay. This was a, this was a, a carryover from our St. Patrick's Day episode. Yeah. Where she was talking about the Leprechaun movies, and I was like, fuck that. You need to see Rawhead Rex. Nice. And she, obviously, she did. So it is an awesome. underappreciated classic, for sure. It, I yeah. agree with that. I had never, I mean, maybe I had like heard the name here and there, but well, it's definitely not something that was like in the public view. You know what I mean? So, like I said, I don't think it's available on DVD. I have the VHS still because I don't think they, it, they ever gave it like a proper release you know well i had read it um i i I had actually read the the clive barker story and then i didn't actually get to see the movie until it was like it was on shutter oh okay Uh, yeah i love shutter (laughs) it's great right (laughs) it is it's got so much great stuff on there yeah i um i oh that's right yeah you do the joe bob briggs thing too you're part of part of the mutant fam so i love it yeah (laughs) It's it's yeah it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, I watch I watch Rawhead Rex on on YouTube. You can watch it for free on there. So you know you guys should definitely check it out. It was uh very interesting. I liked the monster. I, I still don't. He, he was like a demon or something. I don't know. I liked his design. Um, I I like the cheap '80s effects. Those are my favorite. If you like that too, uh, then watch it. I think it was '80s. What was it? '70s or '80s? Oh yeah, no, it was like '85. It was probably dead in the middle of the '80s or something. Yeah, I think it. I think it was. I think it was like '86 or something. But yeah, it was definitely post Hellraiser because there's no way that (laughs) 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 they would have made that one first, and then he would have had the career he had. But uh, Tobias, a real quick uh, Clive Barker question. So, have have you read most of the books of blood? Or yeah. all of them, or whatever. Okay, so I I never have. It's on my list, but there is a story in there that somebody told me about once, about like these guys are walking and they and they're, and they're just like walking through like the English countryside or whatever, and there's like a giant made up of people that like goes from town to town and like kills the people in the town and they get sucked into like the body of the giant or something oh man that sounds super super familiar it's been a while like i can tell you like the the story that always has stuck with me uh has been the the uh midnight meat train oh my god yeah i saw that movie the move the concept the movie is like eh. it's got bradley cooper i never saw that i i i i I love the story so much i was like should i see the movie so what's this what how does it play out in the book as far as, like the, I don't like just the, the overall plot synopsis, like the guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like joining the, the weird cannibals or whatever. Oh, okay. So in the movie, like, he sees this guy in the train, and he realizes he's a serial killer, and then he follows him, and it's like the secret like cult of li- lizard men that like live under the city, and he's like he's he's just like one of their familiars or something. That like has to bring them uh, things to eat, but it's like, it's like a, uh, yeah, it's like an underground like like cult. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is why I have my mic off for half the show. I'm like kind of fucking out of it today. Pat, everyone loves you. You're great. All right, I'm going radio silent again. You guys, you guys carry on. You got this. Well, we'll get back to the um to the to the people. So you know a bit a big part of um you know being a 40 investigator is you know kind of like you said earlier nothing's too far-fetched right you get all these stories and experiences from people all the time and you know your best bet is to kind of go into it i mean of course we all have a healthy dose of skepticism 
Um, however, um, you, you kind of get more, you know, you catch more, uh, more flies with honey or whatever. So you kind of get more out of it, you know, if you, you know, genuinely try to believe the best in people and believe what they're telling you. Um, but what are some of the most uh, off the wall um, encounters that that you've heard? Hmm. I, like off the wall in terms of um, just absolutely strange or or uh, off the wall in terms of um, not very credible. <laughs> we could definitely I mean, we could we could do one of each. Uh, well, you know, we've, we've got all kinds of stuff from, from sure. people. Um, I would say I, as, okay. Um, I'll go with the, the not necessarily super credible one first. And this one, I will always remember. I had a guy who reached out to us because he was sure his house was haunted. And the reason was because there was this balloon um, like if you let a balloon go in his house, like it would, it would move from room to room. Oh, and I was just like, okay, but, uh, <laughs> air currents, you know, like they're in your house. It's, I swear, it's not a ghost. And he was like, yeah, no, it's not like that. And I was like, okay. No, God, case closed. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was like, well, okay, well, what's it like? And then I just, I never really heard from him again. Oh, okay. So, you know, I was like, if you've got a video of this balloon shooting around in a way that just couldn't possibly be air currents, then by all means, send it over. But I feel like he might have just been embarrassed because it's it was probably air currents. Oh, <laughs> I kind of feel for him a little bit. Poor guy. Um, he's probably, I don't think he buys balloons anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I saw my dog get just terrified by this balloon we, we we brought home once and it might have been i don't know fairly similar because the dog just Probably, didn't understand yeah. why it was moving he just had he didn't <laughs> know why it was moving he just knew he didn't like it dogs really don't like balloons they really no. don't our, our two dogs they don't like them either they're like they're not having it yeah. um so i i saw a video one time of like a somebody had like a spongebob balloon and the dog was just absolutely petrified <laughs> Poor thing. okay that's that's a good one okay well how about a uh you know something that's genuinely strange sure so well you know actually this was a a pretty recent one and it it uh it sticks out to me because it was one where emily and i went on site and we actually had something strange that happened to us while we we were there um this was uh one of the the lake michigan mothman sightings and this was just at the end of november last year and mm -hmm. so this came to us originally from uh, Jesse Durdell over at the, the National Cryptid Society. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's a, a great guy. And uh, and well, usually whenever he gets one of these weird flying humanoid uh, reports uh, and it's anywhere around Lake Michigan, he'll, you know, he'll he'll send it our way as well. And um, and so he was able to put me in contact with the, these two young women uh, in Oregon, Wisconsin here and. Basically, they had been out driving one night because they're really I mean, this is right in the middle of COVID. And there really wasn't there's there's nothing for anybody to do in Oregon anyway, as far as yeah. I know, especially if you're, you know, you're 18. Um, <laughs> and so they, you know, they're out driving around and um, they uh, they saw this this thing, I guess, for for lack of a, a, a better word, um, they said basically they were driving and they looked up and, and they saw 
this this huge flying thing like they said it was probably nine feet long and it swooped down across the 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 road um just near this uh like above this uh sort of street light that was there it's it's a rural area where where they were specifically but there was this intersection they were by that just has like this one lone random street light on it okay and um and so it was it was near this light and they see this this thing you know swoop uh over the 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 road and like off to the the side and, and they lose track of it and um you know, like they're they're sitting there and they're thinking about it. And they're sort of speculating on, on what it could have been. And, and they're ruling out things like, you know, deer or, or anything else. Um, sure. Although, you know, I I, I guess I, I don't know how it could have been a, a deer under the circumstances. <laughs> well, you know, stranger things have happened. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I guess uh, one of the, the young uh, uh, women's first thought was sort of like, you know, it, it had to be some kind of pterodactyl or something. Okay. Um, and so, you know, they, uh, they continue driving, you know, like they, they definitely freaked out, but I, I think after, I, after talking to him, they had, you know, that, that, uh, that sense, I think that only young people have of mm-hmm. seeing something or experiencing something terrifying, but it, you know, just finding it exciting in instead Oh, yeah. I think that's where they were at with it. Um, and mm-hmm. so they're like, well, you know, let's drive around it and, and see if we see if we run into it. And so while they're driving around, they noticed that uh, in this spot, the same spot that they had seen this thing at, their radio keeps getting all, all staticky and it'll it, you know, it, it's playing a, a radio station from like a, a different frequency. And um and so that, you know, that seemed very, very strange, uh, obviously, and um, just in, in that one spot. And so they come back even later and right around that, that same area, one of the, the, the young women sees this thing standing out in a, a, a field. And, you know, she described it as being this, you know, this bulky, uh, you know, winged creature with these red eyes standing out, out, out in this field. And um, they, you know, that they continued driving and, and, and didn't see it anymore after that. Um, although I think one of the, the young women did say that she had seen it uh, briefly after um, on a, a separate occasion, but in, in any case, I mean, this this was a, a particularly interesting sighting report for us for a, a, a few reasons, you know, because one, you know, I, I talked to these girls and, um, you know, they were very sort of forthright. Uh, they they definitely didn't seem like they, like they were hiding anything. I mean, full disclosure, like they had, you know, like they did already know about like the the the, the Mothman and, and everything else. And so I thought, well, you know, these, uh, these young women definitely seem like, um, they're not trying to get anything out of this. I, I believe that, that they saw something and, and they are very excited about it. And so we should probably go out there and just kind of do what we would normally do, which is get the, the, the lay of the land and sort of confirm all of the details that, that, that we can, um, and so, you know, we, we went out there and we, we drove around the, the same spot. And I, I don't normally have the, the radio on, you know, if we're going to actually go out somewhere. But I thought this time I'm going to have the, the, the radio on 
you never know maybe we'll get some weird static or something and um you know we we set up our our cameras in the uh car with us just so we you know we could record the area as well and you know and we drove back and forth a a, a few times and you know i didn't see any mothman or anything and the the radio seemed like it was working okay and so i was like well you know um i guess you always hope for for something to to happen but you know it, it doesn't all all that often frankly um and so you know i was like well okay well i guess let's well, let's just go home and uh and, and we'll review this this footage and and sort of see what happens and it wasn't until we got home and started reviewing our our footage that i noticed there was this weird crackling sound um and it was on we we had actually recorded with with two cameras and it was on both of them and i i mean i i couldn't understand why i it, it couldn't have been from you know the car's ventilation or or anything similar um it, it wasn't anything to do with like our radio and it's, it hasn't happened before or since except for one other time when we went back to the same area to see if it would happen again if we recorded with more stuff and it did but it was quieter for some weird reason um and so i i, I don't know it was only in the one spot of their their sighting too so like literally on on this footage it it's recording fine there's no weird like audio interference at all and then we cross this invisible boundary into this sighting area and all of a sudden it you start hearing these weird like pops and crackles and stuff and then we drive out of the area and it stops and then you we can drive back in and it starts again um and so that you know that was something that 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 kind of stuck with me you know for for obvious reasons because it was just so strange i even went back uh again to look to see if there was like just anything an electrical transformer or you know a ham radio tower or just anything at all that that i could see that that might explain this happening in in that particular area but i you know i i couldn't find anything um and you know it was interesting too that it 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 lessened that that second time you know uh you know people talk about things like window areas for instance right so like the immediate thought i had was Mm -hmm. okay what if and and i had no reason to 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 not believe them frankly so like what if uh these these young women like they 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 weren't lying because they didn't seem like they were 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 lying I, i i didn't at least see any motivation for them to and what if they they weren't mistaken what if there was some weird window and the window just kind of slowly closed over the course of of several days and uh and 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 that was the end of it um so yeah i don't know that was that that yeah that was a uh, an, an off the wall one i guess <laughs> yeah yeah you definitely run into some stuff my most off the wall one was this guy who um had the biggest penis in the world and he said she actually made him come on the show (laughs) wait what i had i had to talk to this guy that can't be real he did no well i don't know i don't think it was either but i mean (laughs) the dude exists oh for real okay i was like is this a weird joke i don't understand no i I saw it okay schizophrenic Mm. no no it's not no it's really not um 
he's definitely he, he, he i think he's definitely mentally ill however i can i've seen his penis and i can confirm that it was probably it's probably the largest in the world i don't know if it's because he's an alien <laughs> but um you know unfortunately the guy was so he's so you know kind of uh off the wall there that i don't think uh anybody will ever figure it out really um but <laughs> That's a fa- that's it, it is a famous guess. story on the show because we did we did a show with wow. him. Um, the, the, how could any, how could any yeah, subsequent guest ever guess. top that? I, it wasn't until tonight, honestly. It wasn't until tonight. <laughs> I know. Took, this is what it took. Wow, we could finally. <laughs> Don't say that. We, we we had some we've had some really we've had some good guests, but um, I can tell you <laughs> that they're definitely crazy. not hung anywhere near like that guy was. So. Yeah. Maybe well, you talk was. about the, the, she's, she's pretty, the window, um, like she's a window calm. opening and no. like this, this kind of activity happening for just a brief amount of time and then stopping. That's something that like when we, uh, whenever we start talking about like abductions and stuff, how that was so huge, alien abductions were so huge in the 80s and 90s. And then it, it seems to be a less and less uh, prevalent part of the, the UFO narrative these days. You know, and one of the things that Ashley had brought up was like, well, maybe whatever was happening was only going to happen for 15, 20 years. And then it was over with, and then, you know, they moved on just the same way, you know, our cultures advance and move on. And, you know, the phenomenon does as well, you know, um, that's all, that's all I gotta say. Oh, no, I, 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 well, <laughs> I, I think that that makes a lot of sense in, in a few ways. Uh, just based on, on, on my own research and the, the reports we've received and investigated, I mean, I think I, I don't know that alien abduction like ended so much as the, the narrative changed. You know, mm-hmm. I, I still see the same uh, uh, themes of like interference and observation in mm-hmm. a lot of the reports that that we continue to get you know where it, it certainly feels like people are being watched like they're being observed by something um, that continually interferes with their life in weird like inexplicable ways um and so you know i i, I think that uh what we could be seeing is just sort of a, a, a sort of shifting in, in, in that phenomenon, you know, what, whatever it is really, it, it's, it's sort of like, you know, like nobody sees men in black anymore either, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't really have those. I mean, you had a lot of them, you know, in the sixties and in some of the seventies, but that was really kind of it, you know, they're, they're just kind of dwindled down and I agree. I mean, unless, you know, aliens have just gotten better at, at abducting us, which is, you know, kind of horrifying. <laughs> You know, they've they've been able to kind of uh, round that out and they do it in a way that we just really don't know that it's happening. Um, but but, you know, I, I still get abduction stories. Not not I mean, not a lot. And I, I agree with that. There's definitely not a bunch. Um, but like you said, you know, if the narrative has changed there, I mean, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they have a different you know, they have a different agenda or, you know, what have you. Um, who knows? You know, maybe it's just not, you know, cool to talk about being abducted anymore. I don't you know, I don't know. Um, but, but I mean, or, you know, my theory before, maybe it's just not relevant to them anymore. They're not studying us in that way. Um, but you know, all kinds <laughs> of, uh, you know, unfortunately we can't ask them, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. 
I don't think they'll answer. I tried, and uh, I, they don't. They don't I was call interested. Me back, I so was. I thought it was interesting that the Academy delusions um, but... may come back. That was another thing from last episode was the the case in Oregon. Um, the case is plural in Oregon, and that seemed like a throwback to the eighties and nineties too. Yeah, yeah. The recent. Oh. Uh, yeah, definitely. We we definitely had a lot of theories uh, regarding that on whether or not they were, um, you know, maybe this has just been happening. People just haven't been talking about it. Um, and that's still and actually, um, Pat, you shared an article with me regarding a uh, a possible and which we kind of talked about in the tie end of the cattle mutilations about a possible uh, chupacabra um, happenings. And I don't know. I, I, it might have been Mexico. I don't yeah, remember. There's some exactly. goats missing. Um, but, you know, that's kind of a similar yeah there's you know there's some missing goats there's some missing you know missing missing farm animals so it's kind of along the same lines you know are they all the same thing are these different creatures you know it's it's it is hard to tell but definitely some interesting theories um i want to you know before before we start kind of wrapping up here i want to kind of bring it back a little um full circle um twice what um you know in all your research because i don't want to give away everything i want to encourage people to you know, check out the things that you've done. You know what? Actually, I want to talk about this for a second. Um, I, I today, just now today, I watched that Expedition oh, wow. X episode yeah. that you were in. <laughs> I did. Um, what do you think about their about their um, finished product? You know, I I think that, and and this is sort of the the nature of of television. You know, um. I think that they mm -hmm. did the best that they they could with the uh, uh, research and, and and sort of development that was able to go into you know a, a single episode of a, a television show, um, you know. So I had uh -huh. provided them with you know some some resources from our own in investigation and uh and um i don't blame i think anybody who has sort of the the materialist outlook who uh, who would have approached sure. the same cases that that they chose to include who would ultimately decide well there are you know probably mm -hmm. large birds could explain these um, it didn't really, you know, it, it doesn't tell the whole story sure. of the, the investigation itself, but, you know, I, I, I don't know that it was, it was meant to really. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say, is, I know, like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like kind of what I want to say, because <laughs> it was a pleasant experience, uh, as far as like going down there and shooting and like meeting everybody okay. and like that, like that was all great. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, you sure. know, I, I think some of the, the sightings are probably misidentified large birds, even as many as like 40%, frankly, just based off my own, like rough count of, of which ones I think could be explained by that. Yeah. But, um, you know, certainly not all of them could be, unless those are the only ones that you look at, in which case, of course, they're, then, then they're all large birds. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you know, there were some things, uh, you know, of course, I don't, you know, the, 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 the kid in me that that was really into these monsters, you know, doesn't want to buy their theory um, <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, but, 
you know, the, uh, the adult investigator in me, I, you know, I had, I had some really nitpicky kind of funny things because I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm in Point Pleasant just about every other weekend. Um, <laughs> I could, I mean, I, I could take you all around the place. I know like the back of my hand at this point. Um, I just could not believe that they actually went into the water there. <laughs> I just, they were in like a boat and I was, I was mortified because I won't touch the water yeah. because I know it's, it's a super fun uh, site. There's, uh, you know, deadly chemicals leaked into that water and I would never, <laughs> you know, they're bossier than I am. Cause I just, I would never, you know, brandish a boat and just get out there and be like, and the one guy like sticks the camera, like in the water and his like hands, like, and I'm like, don't do that. Oh my God, you're gonna get the cancer. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> um but i mean it was kind of a um a, a kind of a campy experience but i did like how they kind of tied the which is not something you hear about often but you know it it there are ties to it how they tied the um tnt um kind of project the munitions plant back to mm. uh wright patterson air force base in dayton ohio i did not expect that that was kind of a um oh, like a twist sure. there for me <laughs> Now, I don't know if that was legit. You know, they definitely could have staged that uh, that fire extinguisher there that they found that was from Dayton, Ohio. But, um, you know, either way, I thought that it was definitely a fresh take on the narrative because you just don't really hear that connection a lot. Um, so that was, you know, that that was fun. But but no, I, I did watch it. Um, you know, everybody else can can check it out, too, as the uh, first episode of Ex- Expedition X. You can see Tobias there. You can also see him in the Terror in the Skies documentary um and you know it'll be kind of interesting but you know and then of course his book the lake michigan mothman uh, but like i said i, I didn't want to give everything away um but at the end of the day um what do you think the mothman is or was or sure. i know that's a hard well, question I, I, but what what is your I personal that, opinion on that you know, well sort of what i've learned in the the lake michigan mothman investigation is that there isn't one uh explanation for every sighting that, that we've received, you know? So like I said, just less than half of them are probably misidentified large birds, but that still leaves a sizable number of cases that definitely aren't. Um, And of those, certainly all of the people with whom I have spoken seem like credible, sane uh, people. And so that sort of leaves us with this mystery of what did these otherwise normal people who definitely did not go out looking for Mothman see when they encountered this terrifying flying creature with, with red eyes. Um, And so that being said at, at this point um, I don't think it represents any sort of, uh, you know, undiscovered biological species with, with otherwise like mundane uh, qualities um, I, I think that there's just too much high strangeness involved mm-hmm. here. Uh, I think the creature itself from a biological perspective makes no sense and shouldn't even be able to fly. Um, and so I think once that's considered, then um, probably, you know, what we would have to be looking at is something far, far stranger. Um, and then beyond that, it's it, it's all speculation. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've been thinking a lot of uh, uh, lately about how, you know, consciousness sort of seems to be the medium so often, um, in, in these, these sightings, like the, the, the medium mm-hmm. through which they, they, uh, seem to occur. Uh, and then, you know, sort of what that could possibly mean, you know, is, is it even a, a, a physical creature at all, you know, as, as we think of, you know, physical creatures, 
Uh, could it be something that uh, is is more immaterial, something that that interacts with us, not just directly through consciousness, but exclusively so? I I don't know. There are a lot of different possibilities, but I, I think that at least some of these these cases are something very very strange. Yeah, 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 for sure. It it is really hard to land on, especially when I just. I feel like we just don't even have the 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 science down yet to to even begin to understand what something like this could be, um, and you know, it, it, like you said, it kind of leaves it really open ended. But um, you know, for sure, all these people couldn't not all of them could be incorrect. You know, so I I think I think there's something to it. Um, okay, well, um, you know, on that note, um, I will go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and end it there. Now you can check out Tobias's website. The singular, uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's just uh, singularfortyan.com. Okay, wonderful. I'll link everything. Um, you know, I'll, I'll definitely I'll get links to to the book. I think people should check it out. Um, the west the website's really fun. Um, because you guys have uh, all those, you know, off the wall sightings and and things like that that nobody really knows about. And I and I think that's fun. And of course, it's current, um, which is also very fun um so you know check that out and thanks um, for having and, uh, me this we this loved having you thanks for coming <laughs> great awesome all right guys well we will see you back here next wednesday